Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Wow. Got hallways, man. You, there, there's bathrooms upstairs. There's there's bathrooms downstairs, and, and and some people went over just not too long ago. They walked into the bathrooms, and they're like, "Wow, there's stalls in here, man. There's, <laughs> there's not just there's just there's more than one bathroom, and so it's just it's awesome. It's just amazing. In fact, as I'm walking through the facility, I mean, it's pretty much a turnkey operation. They have just basically left everything there. And, and so when you walk around and you start to discover, like, wow, they left that? Wow, they left that? Oh, my goodness. When I was there, I was, I was going through the kitchen yesterday because I was doing some inspections. And I don't know, I mean, maybe this is just a guy thing. But have you ever went to the, uh, the, the, the deli? And, and you can say, I want some deli meat. And they've got that big, uh, shaver thingy that you put the meat in and you can go back and forth. They got one of them. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> like, I can see me getting fat and happy in this building, man. It's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And there, you know, they got, they got a commercial, uh, kitchen. And, and, and one guy asked me, he says, do they have a, have a grill? I'm like, a grill? He's like, yeah, you know, a grill, like in a restaurant. I'm like, no, they don't have a grill. He said, well, you know, like the flat iron where you get cook on it. And I'm like, well, no, it's, it's not like that. And then I got over there. I'm like, they got a grill. Wow. Come on. It's just, I'm like, man, I can see us over here cooking hamburgers. And it's like, wow. Praise the Lord. So it's this, it is really, really fun and exciting as to What's happening and what God's doing. And like I said, I really want you to get excited about this. And I realize for some of us, uh, at least for us, I would say, my wife and I were thinking, gosh, we just, we feel like, you know, we're a little bit behind on just kind of casting the vision and building the momentum. And obviously a lot of these things happened real quick. But again, one of the things that I said to the Lord, I said, God, I really appreciate this opportunity of presenting this building to us. I mean, it's been almost supernatural how God has worked it out. And I said, but God, you could have picked a better time. I mean, <laughs> this is Christmas time. I mean, people are buying gifts and, you know, taking care of their pastor. And, you know, <laughs> you know, the, people are just thinking about putting their money elsewhere right now. And I said, God, it's not a really good time. And so because of Christmas, we didn't say a whole lot to really kind of stir up some fanfare. Just because we realized, you know. It's Christmas time. And so we just, again, want you to get excited about what God's doing. And just little by little, we're going to give you pieces and glimpses of the building. Next week, like I said, if it works out, uh, we'll go over into the church park a lot and just pray as a church. And so if you can make it, it'll be short, sweet. Uh, dress warm, obviously. It'll be maybe a little chilly. But praise the Lord. Uh, it's going to be fun. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let's continue talking about dreaming again. Dreaming again. We're going to talk about dreaming again and dreaming outside of the box. Amen. Dreaming outside of the box. And I don't know if maybe some of you have seen this video on Facebook before. 
Uh, but it's a, it's a video of a lion that had been <clears throat> in captivity for all of his life. He was a male lion, had a big full beard mane uh, thing going on. So just looking at the way he looked, obviously he was a mature lion. And he had been in captivity all of his life. And then they decided to release him. Maybe they took him to a, a zoo or a habitat or something. But it was all out in the open. And so they were going to release this lion into this new facility where he could have freedom. And so they released the lion and he started to walk out into the yard where the, where the, the grass was. And the lion started to walk like this. Because <laughs> he didn't know how to experience freedom. He had never walked on grass before. He had never experienced dirt before. He didn't know what freedom was. All he knew was his box. Come on. And I think so many of us as believers, as children of God, the package in which Jesus gave us the freedoms and the liberties that we have, we're not used to it. And so therefore this Christian life, we walk around, you know, struggling to, to figure it out and navigate. Amen. Simply because we're looking to discover what it means to be free and dream outside of the box. The dream that God has given us, it's a dream about being free. And it's the reality of our story. I said every one of us has got a story. Amen? <laughs> I'm thinking about how I was walking there. You're going to walk away from everything. Just, that's all you remember. Pastor, I'm kind of acting weird today. <laughs> Amen. Have you ever had one of those days, you know, where uh, you dress yourself and then you, you, you get away from yourself and, and then you look and like, who dressed you? Because you're looking kind of funky today. I'm, I'm feeling like that today. I looked in the mirror when I got here at the I'm like, who dressed you? I'm like, man. So anyways, don't hold that against me. Is that all right? All right. Praise the Lord. So we're talking about the dream, dreaming outside of the box, looking at our story. In Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's like a tree of life. So in other words, all of us have dreams on the inside of us. We said this to you the last two weeks. We said when it comes to a dream, everybody has a dream. But as we get into the, the age of 40s and 50s and beyond, we start to lose sight of and let go of the dream if it hasn't come to fruition as of yet. We start to live for the younger generation. But we've been saying that God has put a dream in us. Those that are older, those that are young. And the dream is meant to be meshed together. Because really the dream is all about people. God says, if you'll delight yourself in me, I'll give you the desires of your heart. He says, if you'll seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things, all your dreams shall come to pass. So really, we've been get, begun to see that the dream that God has put in us, it's really bigger than us. It's about people. It's about uh, uh, impacting generations, right? How many of you as parents dream for your children? I do. I dream about what God's going to do for my kids. And so it's up to me to help live out the dream in front of them to tell them that it's okay to dream, that it's okay to expect and see God move in your life, but then to develop the dream in them. And then the dream of an older generation with the next generation, we begin to partner together. Praise God. 
I mean, I've got so many pastor friends where their children have just gone crazy and not serving God and not even having any desire in ministry. I desire for my kids to partner with me in ministry, to serve God alongside of me. And if I have my way, they will. And the reason being is because serving God, doing ministry is the greatest thing that anybody could ever hope to do. I just get to do it from a pastor perspective. But everybody can do it at some degree or some level. Oh, what a joy it is to dream the dream, live out the story before God. But once again, notice what it says. It says, hope deferred. The hope that we have of that dream. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So when it comes to us having a dream, whether it be you personally, us corporately, or merging your dream with my dream with your dream, we've got to have a plan. There's got to be goals. Because if you have nothing to reach for, nothing to strive for, no plan of attack to get there, all it will be is a dream. Come on, are you here this morning? Come on. All of us have something in us. But unless you know how you're going to navigate and get there, it will stay off in the distance. And the Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. How many people do you see in the body of Christ that are going around with a long face? If you're a child of God, you're in the kingdom, man. You're in the family. Everybody ought to be wanting to be like you. But we walk around thinking, dear God, when is it ever going to happen? And God says, I'm trying to get you here. You just got to find the path to get here. You got to set some goals. You got to get headed in the right direction. Can you say amen? amen? So in other words, God wants us to begin to live the dream. Dream outside of the box. And dreaming outside of the box must be intentional. Without intentionality, we will remain in the box. And I'm talking about Christians. I'm talking about believers. Because everyone that's apart from Christ lives a life within a box. Those that are in Christ, God's saying, step out of the box and dream big. But if we don't know how to navigate that dream, we will have a huge dream in our heart, but live within that box. And we've got to be intentional. To give you some examples of how that happens, if you remember, even going back to the very beginning, the Bible tells us the story of of Adam and Eve. And they had no box. They have never experienced a box. All that they ever knew was the promise of God, was the garden. I mean, they lived the best that any man or woman has ever lived. Come on, are you tracking with me? No man or woman has ever experienced the liberties, the freedoms, and the the ability to dream as big as they did because there was no sin in the earth. I mean, there was no hindrances. There was no things that were were distracting them like, like we have today. And then there came the temptation. There came the distraction. And the enemy came and he says, Listen, if you'll only eat this fruit, it will make you like God. So what was he trying to do? He was trying to paint a picture, a scene, a different story. And it was nothing more than a fake Hollywood 
landscape that wasn't real. It was sci-fi. It was, it was nothing more than just uh, graphics, if you will. It says, here is what you'll become if you partake of this fruit. Look at how much you'll experience. And he was painting a false picture or a picture of a false dream. Because once again, they never knew anything more than the greatest liberties and the dream-building experiences they had already. And he says, you'll be like God. They were already like God. And so what was he doing? He was saying, if you'll give in to this temptation, if you'll buy into this deception of this dream, what happens? He put them in a box. Right? His whole tactic was to get them from a place of living the dream and stepping and confining themselves to a box. Jesus was the same way. You remember when he went off into the wilderness to pray? And the Bible says that he was tempted. He was tempted just like Adam and Eve. He says, if you'll bow down before me, I'll give you all this authority because it's in my hand to give. If you'll do this, I'll do that. I'll make you rich. I'll make you famous. What was he trying to do? He was trying to take the dream of all of us and confine it to a box. Amen? God doesn't want us to be confined to a box. See, the enemy is trying to paint a really good picture of something counterfeit. Of freedoms and liberties. For instance, I'll just give you a scenario. There's always commercials on TV that make the life of, the life of everybody else look so good. Living for the weekend, going to the beach... But it comes with one stipulation. you got to be 21. And then we think, well, when I get 21, I will be free. Come on, be honest with me. How many ever thought those thoughts? When I turn 21, I'm going to be free. I'm actually legal. Right? And you're thinking, that's the dream. That's the freedom. That's the joy. That's the excitement. And it was nothing but a false picture of what freedom and liberty is. And all it really was was a deception to get you into a box. Because that's not freedom. It's just a coping mechanism. Come on, are you here this morning? Come on, I know a family that I, I, when I was in, uh, a teenager in high school, I got to know the family pretty well. The mother was an alcoholic. The, the family dynamics was such a mess. The husband and wife were constantly fighting. The, the teenage uh, brother that was a little bit older than me, he was constantly uh, getting pulled over for drunk driving, crashed several vehicles, had to go before the judge several times. And I just found out not too long ago, just uh, a few years ago, he went to prison as a result of drunk driving. So I don't know what happened, but obviously it was so severe enough that he went to prison and then i happen to see that particular person and every time i see him on facebook it's like woohoo living the life and then i just saw some pictures just not just a few months ago our oldest son is turning 21 and the whole family is at the local bar he's having his first legal one woohoo Now, don't hear me coming down on somebody that lives that life. I'm simply saying there's a deception of what freedom is. There is this picture that is painted before us that says, live the dream. 
But that dream puts you in a box. And God says, I want you to experience a dream. Live outside of the box. Dream outside of the box. Be free. And when you live that life, when you experience that freedom, people are drawn to us and says, I want that dream. Why? Because it's truly joy. It's peace. And we saw this last week in Psalms chapter 126. It says, when the Lord, and I'm going to read this from the Amplified Bible because the words are a little bit different. When the Lord brought back captivity to Zion, Jerusalem, we were like those who dreamed. It seemed unreal. Their mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them and the Lord has done great things for us. And we are glad. Did you see what he said? He said, God brought back those that were captive back home. And he's speaking of God's people. God says, I want you to be free. And if you've ever experienced the bondage, the enslavement of the enemy, a life before Christ, it's not fun. It comes with a whole lot of baggage, a whole lot of strings attached, doesn't it? He says, this joy that I've come to bring is accessible to have freedom, not be enslaved, not be in bondage, but to dream outside of the box. As a pastor, I have the joy of of seeing those families, those people that come to Christ, some for the very first time. They were unbelievers, but then became believers. They received Christ I get to see those that were imprisoned, those that would say, you know what, I was living hell and I know that I was going to hell, but I've experienced the freedom of what Jesus came to give. And for me, that just brings me such joy because I begin to see how it transforms their life. And you'll see there where it says it it was like it, it was not even real. And like I said, as a pastor, those are the things that kind of just stir me up. Because when I begin to talk to those people that just received Christ, and, and they've got all these things going on in their life, and, and experiencing new things, and you say, what do you feel? And they're like, I, I don't know. I can't put words on it. I mean, life is still happening around me. Some of the junk is still happening. But, but there's this something. I don't even know how to, it's unreal. But I just sense it. I feel it. What is that? That's coming out of the box. And experiencing the dream and the freedom that Jesus came to give. Amen? And once again, it kind of looks like this. Our mouths were filled with laughter. Our tongues were shouting for joy. It kind of looks like this sometimes. This church is awesome. I never found a church like this before. I didn't know church could be this way. Why? Because they found the dream. You'll find them saying things like this. I'll do whatever you need me to do, pastor. I just want to get involved. I just want to be a part of the dream. You'll hear people saying something like this. People just wanting to be around their pastor. It's amazing how when people's hearts get connected to a dream, they like hanging around me. It's just weird how that happens. 
And, I, and I'm not, and that's nothing about me. I'm just saying, it's just weird how that happens. And it happens all the time. When people really have an experience with God, all of a sudden they're like, man, pastor, I just like hanging around you. Man, it's just, you talk to me and man, things become real. And I just like serving God. I'm like, wow, praise the Lord. It's amazing how that happens. Then people begin to live outside of the box. Joy comes to their life. But there's always that opponent that is trying to get you back in the box. If you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I didn't bring my glasses this morning, so we'll see what I can do in this thing. 1 Samuel 30. Starting in verse 1. You know, sometimes it's hard to admit that you need glasses. I'm too young to feel this. Not feel this, but be this old. I try to hang out with the young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> try to hang out with these young bucks, you know, that, that are in their 20s. And, and, and they, they are so gracious and kind to, to let me know. <laughs> Yeah, this is, in fact, I was talking with Jordan the other day, and I can't remember what we were... <laughs> Thank you, sir. I was just talking with Jordan the other day, and, and I can't even remember what... He's like, well, yeah, he said, I kind of... I didn't... I, yeah, you've got a couple decades on me. I'm like, <laughs> thanks, bud. <laughs> Pre- appreciate you. A couple decades. No, that don't help, Dave. <laughs> thanks, sir, but that, that, that didn't help. Made it worse. <laughs> Amen. All right, so starting in verse 1, it said, Now it happened when David, talking about King David and his men, came to Ziklag on the third day, and the Amalekites, they had invaded the south and Ziklag, attacked Ziklag, and burned it with fire, and had taken captive or taken prisoners, the family, the women, and those who were there, from the great or from the small unto the great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters had been taken captive. Verse 4 says, Then David and the people who, who were with him lifted up their voices and wept until they had no more power to weep. Verse 5, And then David, or and David's two wives, don't even know how to say her name, but she was a Jezreel. And then there was Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the uh, Carmelite. And they'd been taken captive. So David was greatly distressed. Look at that. Have you ever had family situations going on where it caused you to be greatly distressed? You had great dreams for your once little boy and little girl. But life took an ugly turn. And now you're greatly distressed. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your health. All of us have experienced those times where great distress comes. So he's greatly distressed for the people or for the people spoke of stoning him because of because of the souls of all the people were grieving every man for his son and his daughter. But notice what it says here. But everybody say but. But But David strengthened himself in the Lord, his God. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, the Amalekite son, please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, 
Shall I pursue these troops? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. Notice what it says. David and his men were gone. And it says that the Amalekites came, or the enemy came on a sneak attack, and tried to tear down their family. Took them captive. If you don't know it by now, the enemy's looking for his next sneak attack in your life. Right? And you thought, well, we just got over that one. Praise the Lord. We, we got through through the skin of our teeth. Well, don't get settled. Don't sit back. Don't relax because there's another attack coming. He's looking to destroy the family. Because if he can destroy the family, he can destroy the church. Right? There's a sneak attack that he likes to come against us. Why? Because if he can come and get you unsettled, diminish the dream, he can get you back in the box. He wants you back in the box. Do you remember the story of the prodigal son? There was the prodigal son that said, Dad, man, I know that you love me. God, I, I know that you, you have the best interest for me, but I want to do my thing. And he thought he had a dream. He thought he was dreaming outside of the box. But do you remember the story of the prodigal son? His dream put him back in a box far more than what he ever thought he was in with his father. And where did he end up? He ended up in the pig pen. He lost all of his money. He lost his inheritance. All the fellas that he was partying with, the one that he was, he was the man. That's my bro. Come on, we're doing life together. Come on, we're in the hood. We're taking care of things. We're going to run this show. But as soon as the money rolled around and the money was gone, all the bros were no longer around. So what did he have left? Well, I guess I need to eat, so I'll go to work for the pig farmer. So here, here he is tending to the pigs in the slop, and the only food that he has to eat is the pig food. And then the Bible says that he comes to his senses. I said he comes to his senses. And when he comes to his senses, he says, I wonder if my dad would take me back. And he goes back home. The Bible didn't say he got cleaned up. The Bible just said he went home. And the Bible says that the dad was looking for him. Every day was looking for his son. And it said that the father saw him afar off and knew that that was his son. But listen, he didn't look like his son. He was probably unshaved, just tattered, a mess, filth from head to toe. If you got too close, in fact, you didn't have to get too close, you smelt him coming. Come on. He thought he was living the dream, but the dream put him back in a box. But he says, I want to get back to a place where I'm free. And he headed back home. As a pastor, that's one of the things that grieves my heart probably the most is when you see people experience the dream and begin to dream and step out of the box and truly become free but then seasons of life happen and little by little they start stepping back in the box stepping back in the box remember I talked about the prodigal son being in the, the pig pen you remember the peanuts uh, the peanuts cartoon pig pen you remember when you saw a pig pen he had a cloud around him right 
bugs flying. And you knew he stunk really good. That's what happens when people start getting back in the box. They don't think that it's visible. But they carry the countenance on them. Like I said, man, that grieves my heart as a pastor. Because they come into church. The countenance is on their face. How you doing? Huh? Doing good. They put the smile on. They, they try to fake you out. They try to, yeah, I'm, st- I'm still out of the box. <laughs> but they carry the countenance with them. And you know that they brought their box to church. They cut out the hole so that they, that they could walk. But I'm carrying my box with me. I'm in my box. And God doesn't want us to get back in the box. And see, the enemy brings conflict to get you to stop living the dream, to get you back in the box. But I said, the, these conflicts that we go through in life, they're just scenes of the greater story. I said, there is a greater story of the dream of freedom and liberty and experiencing the greatness of God in our lives. And yes, there's things that come, but that's just a scene in the story. How many of you like movies? Come on, is there a movie that stands out to you? A movie that you say, that just really moved me. Come on, shout them out. Anybody? Braveheart. Braveheart. Okay, Braveheart was an awesome movie. Had conflict in it, didn't it? That's what made the movie. I mean, if if Braveheart just walked around like nothing happened, if he got to the end of the movie, he's like, oh, you're not going to put me in the, the guillotine thing. No, nobody's going to touch me. I'm just... The next thing to Jesus, man, I walk on water. No, there was conflict in it. And he ended up losing his head at the end of the movie. But because of the conflict, that's what made the story so great. And some of those trials were just a scene. I saw a hand. What's another movie? Gran Torino. There you go. Come on, you look like Clint Eastwood, man. I know why you like it. What else? Another movie. What's it? What? Hacksaw Ridge. I didn't hear that, or I didn't see that one, but I heard it was awesome. Had conflict in it, didn't it? What makes the story awesome? Saw another hand. Miracles from heaven. Didn't see the movie, but I'm sure if it was any kind of movie, it had to have conflict in it. God's not dead. Definitely had conflict in that one, right? It's got to have conflict in any good story because without it, it's not exciting. I mean, that's like writing a book with no verbs. A guy wrote this book, first book, had no verbs in it. Went on the Johnny Carson show. He said, how's your book selling? He said, well, not too good. He said, how come? He said, well, it's just a book of nouns, no verbs in it. He said, well, it's not selling? He says, no, it's not selling. He said, how come it's not selling? Because it don't have any action in it. <laughs> See, ver- <laughs> verbs are the action. Conflicts, what gets gets things moving? Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody else have a movie? Lord of the Rings, absolutely, good movie. Princess Diary, what? <laughs> I spent, it's a good movie. <laughs> you did, you did go, man. God. Wants us to live the dream. And there's always going to be conflict that comes. There's going to be the sneak attack. But God 
wants us to dream outside of the box. And the dream, if you notice, it said that when the enemy came to attack, he took the children, he took the wives, he took the family. And when you took the family, you ripped the heart out of the man. Because it's a unit. What's the enemy looking to do? He's looking to destroy families, churches, cities. And he'll always do it through the family. Are you here this morning? In verse 6, it says that David was greatly distressed. It said all of the people were grieved. Aren't you glad that God shows up? Even in the midst of great turmoil. In fact, aren't you glad that God shows us in his word that David had some great emotions? Distressed, brokenhearted. Why? Because we all experience that. But it's not a matter of climbing back into the box and staying there with our emotions. It's just a scene in the movie. Verse 6 says, But David strengthened himself in the Lord. You may have a setback, but God will bring the dream back to a reality. He'll show you the dream. And he'll say, don't turn back. Listen, this whole building project that we're in, it's big. And it's a leap of faith. And there was, oh, just a matter of about a month ago, I'm like, God, this is a big deal. And God, this is going to be a fight of faith. And God, should we just back off this thing? Are we just being unrealistic? And the Lord brought this scripture to me. He said, in fact, I, I was right here at the, the light by, by the, the, uh, the movie theater when God gave me this verse. In Hebrews, it says, we are not of those that turn back, for we walk by faith and not by sight. When you'll keep the dream alive, you won't turn back. You might be stepping out into the unknown where it seems like, God, you better be here. But that's dreaming outside of the box. And when you dream outside of the box, it's not just about you. It impacts the lives of generations to come. We've got a building that's coming. Just in the matter of a few weeks, we're going to be in the new facility. I don't have a deadline or an actual date on that, but I'm saying it's coming. And here's what people say. Well, when we get there, I'll feel better about me. When we get there, that's when my life will take a turn for the better. When that happens, then I'll truly begin to serve God and get involved. No building will make the dream come alive in you. Because with the dream, or excuse me, with the building comes responsibilities. With the dream comes overhead. Or excuse me, with the building comes overhead. So no tangible thing is going to make you feel better about yourself to make the dream come alive. You're going to have to pursue God. You're going to have to do just what David did. And it says that when he was greatly distressed, it says that he strengthened himself in the Lord. And then we said this, when it comes to your dream, the Bible, we we said that when it comes to your dream, you've got to have a goal. You've got to have a strategic attack or a way by which you're going to get the dream to come to pass. And when he inquired of the Lord in verse 8, he says this. He says, David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue? Shall I overtake them? And God's response was, pursue, for you surely will overtake 
and without fail, you'll recover all. See, how do we make the dream come to life, alive? We got to stir ourselves up in the Lord. God, this is your dream. What I sense in me, you put it in there. How am I going to get it out and live it into be a reality? Show me how to do it, Lord. Show me how to bring it to pass. Show me how to conquer over the enemy. Because the dream will become a reality. Amen. Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to challenge you this morning. God is building this family. God's increasing us. Taking us further. And you're not here by accident this morning. Whether this is the first time or whether you're a family member of this church. God wants you to know that he's put a dream in you. And the dream isn't just for you to barely get by. But to step outside of the box. And begin to dream bigger. God has great things in store. God has so much that he wants to do in your life. Now. God's method of operation is not one just to lay down and let people or let God do everything for you. No. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So we've got to put things in motion. We've got to act in faith. We've got to put in sweat equity. We've got to have skin in the game. Because nothing is free and everything costs something. But Jesus paid the price For us to experience the dream in our life. And so I just want to ask you the question this morning. For anybody that's here today. And you say. I don't know whether or not I would go to heaven or not. In fact I don't know if I'm living outside of the box. Or if I'm in the box. I want to give you the opportunity right now. To receive Jesus. As your personal Lord and Savior. You say, how can I do that? Simply saying, God, forgive me. Come into my heart. Pull me out of the box. And a brand new life begins. Does that mean that everything gets wonderful? No. We still live this life. But we see from a new perspective. We see from a position of hope. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm not going to call you up front. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. But in just a moment, when I count to three, if you would say, I want to receive Christ for the very first time, or I just simply want to rededicate my life to him, being that it's the new year of 2017, when I count to three, would you just raise your hand and I'll just acknowledge you? Nobody's looking around. But if that's you, you say, I want a fresh start. I want to dream big. I want to step outside of the box. I want to live life to the full. I want Jesus in my life. On the count of three. One, two, three. Just raise your hand. 
I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Once you put it, put it up, you can put it back down. Anybody else? I think I saw four hands. Anybody else? Say, I wish I would have. I don't want to give you an opportunity or I want to give you an opportunity to, to make that choice. No pressure. But this is just between you and God. I want to dream big. I want to experience the goodness of God. I want to get out of my box. I want to be free. Anybody else? I see that hand. Amen. Amen. All right, everybody in this place, I just want you to pray this with me. Corporately together, we're family. Whether you raised your hand or not, as we pray this prayer, let's just see ourselves stepping out of the box. Brand new start this morning. In Jesus' name. Pray this with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to pay the price. He died for me to remove my sin. So therefore, I ask for forgiveness. I give my sin to you. And I claim that I'm free. In Jesus' name. Come into my heart. Make me new. Give me the dream. Restore the dream. Thank you that I'm stepping out of the box. Right now. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Father, we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you that, Lord, right now we're choosing to be free, seeing like we've never seen. And we give you thanks for it in Jesus' name. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life